CGF Minis, the official 2023 prediction episode. My name is Jacob Park. And my name is Wyatt Keener. Delighted today after pouring over our uh, off-season work, our off-season analytics to bring you what we believe to be the most accurate predictions in the business. <laughs> Jake, it's, it's I, tough. It's so tough to do this. I, uh, you know... The episode that Hunter and William record every every year gets the blood boiling. It gets people talking in Discord. <laughs> it's locker room material for everybody. And uh, we like to be the nice guys. It, it really puts us in the hot seat over here. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. Um, it was harder than I expected. I, I couldn't just look at a team and determine like standings. I Maybe we'll get into this, how we each did this different ways. Uh, but yeah, I had to go game by game and then just see what the standings ended up based on those predictions so uh, yeah so jake will be giving you records he's gonna he'll have every team's uh win loss record maybe some ties who knows if he went that freaky with it uh i did some some number crunch on my end uh big scale imagination so i won't <laughs> won't have specific numbers but i will have the uh pr- proprietary formula kicking out your your standings by the end of the year i didn't do playoff matchups either Jake, Jake has prepared that for you, but I do, I do have my champion that has been uh, selected. But other than Ooh. that, all flying by the seat of the pants. Oh, I'm so curious to see how we match up here. Can't wait. Well, Jake, do you wanna do you wanna get started and be the bad guy and rank who, who you predict to be tenth, or you want me to take that burden? Uh, I can do it. I can go first. Right. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I went through every matchup throughout the whole year and selected a winner on a game-by-game basis, which is how I, I came across these standings. Uh, and I think we're going to release probably the graphic with my picks, and then maybe we can follow along every week and see what percent of the five matchups each week I get right. Oh, uh, love that. But of course, all this can change with injuries and, and trades and stuff, so this is just how I thought. Now, um, I probably didn't get as in-depth as why, as far as like the statistics of like certain players in games. I was mainly looking at like the sleeper predictions and then checking if I thought it looked off, like somebody was particularly low one team, I would go in and uh, like check and see if it's just because they didn't have people on bye weeks that they would substitute and who they had to substitute and that kind of thing. Uh, combine that with just gut feeling, storyline, use the Jersey database to see team histories and matchups. And then had a few modifiers I would use for certain teams, which I'll get into when we when we reach them. But Wow, very um, curious to hear about this. <laughs> but yes, in 10th place this season, uh, I have placed the matriarchs with a record of three and 11. Um, I don't think Katie has been shy about admitting this year. will probably be more of a rebuild. Um, I think throughout the whole season when I was looking, she had kind of consistently, consistently the lowest predicted score, even when I would try and like look at the lineup and see if I could substitute more. Um, it seems like it's just going to be a year to kind of regroup for the matriarchs. Um, one particular weakness I saw was, I think, quarterback situation. Um, she just picked up the new rookie. Uh, she had Bryce Young, right? Or was it Stroud? She, she took CJ Stroud, yeah. Okay, CJ Stroud. But um, like even his predictions seemed low. And then the other quarterback, um, I should have had this up. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, yep. Although it looks like he is for sure going to be the starter this year. With their, so they're sending everybody down the yeah. practice squad. But yeah. Um, but yeah, for those reasons, along with the fact that she's got the toughest schedule this year, um, I think that played a big part as well as to them being at the bottom of the totem pole uh, for my predictions. Yeah, um, only two quarterbacks, those two quarterbacks. Th- sorry, those are the only two starting quarterbacks that she has on her roster in total, too. So um, we'll definitely have some tricky bye weeks ahead. Um, I'll go ahead and let you know that the Matrix came out pretty comfortably in last in my projections as well. I have them at the 10. This has been in years past a um, a, a spot you want to be, though. We saw the Marley Magic from the 10 spot last year in Hunter's projections. Two years ago, TDA were projected to finish 10th, and they um, competed for a bye. Is clearly one of the top three teams in the league two years ago. So uh, we've seen that the, uh, the play on the field matters more than anything. But I, that said... Um, 
we I don't know if we've ever seen like you brought up an owner telegraph their intention for the the upcoming season so clearly as Katie has uh and so I expect that she'll she'll sit on these two first round picks that she has next year and uh try to get rid of some of these aging but very talented players like DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry and Darren Waller. So we'll see exactly what what shakes out but I agree. Don't have the record, but uh, your three and eleven projection sounds about right with what I would guess if I had to. Also, I mean, this is one that we could easily be upset on because Matriarchs last year were lowest in max possible points for, and she's still squeezed in the playoffs. So uh, they've never not made playoffs. So Katie could very easily prove us wrong and herself wrong, maybe uh, with what she was predicting. But um, but yep, that's who we both have. Sounds like at the bottom for now. Yeah. Uh, very curious here. This is where things get interesting to me. So, uh, Jake, who do you have finishing ninth? I was very shocked uh, by this one on my own results. But when I went game by game, and this is a team that did have a modifier for me, I have touchdown to Abbey in ninth place, also with the 3-11 and record. So um, I wow. guess that one would be based on points for that I have them there. Uh, but with Rob, I had a special modifier where if the – Score was going to be close, like it wasn't going to be an obvious blowout based on the sleeper projection. I would roll a dice, and if it was a five or six, I would account for Rob not setting his lineup or paying attention and subtract <laughs> ten points from his score, which didn't get him as much as I thought it would. Um, it cost him. It'll cost him in week eleven against, uh, I think it was Marley Magic. He plays, but that was one that was predicted to be a close game where I actually did roll a five, which lowered his score. Sorry, yeah, it's Amari Magic. <laughs> but he was he's in a lot of close ones, but there's always just some reason I was picking um the other team over him. Yeah. Um yeah, what do you have for that rating? Is it the same team? And well, uh let me I did some quick math here. Uh week eleven is Thanksgiving week. Just looked it up. So that would be a time where you could see a, a player forgetting to get their mind upset, uh, maybe traveling, maybe distracted by family and holidays. So um, we'll have to to make sure Rob is get in, getting his lineup in order when they face the Magic in Week 11. Uh, I also, we did not consult on these rankings at all beforehand, but I also have TDA in ninth place. Uh, I will say, though, that there's a, you have them at 3 and 11, the same record as the Matrix. Um, in my rankings, I have a pretty sizable gap between nine and ten. Um, I have TDA as as being able to compete for a playoff spot, um, which I know seems far fetched here, three places out of the playoffs. But um, they have the the elite players that that can um, single handedly carry them through a week, and we've seen it happen before. We've seen insane scores from the likes of Jamar Chase and Tyree Kill and Josh Allen and George Kittle. So um, yeah, like you're saying, if they're able to find some some depth um, off waivers in the regular season, they made some pretty good moves. Uh, Rob did at the end of the offseason to add a player like Josh Dobbs, who might start several games at wide receiver um, and, and some other depth pieces. So we'll see um, if if the rest of the team can step up to support the, the high-scoring 40-point drop-in elite players that they have. But uh, I, I I'm not too bullish on their chances to uh, to make the playoffs at nine here, but who knows? And they got I'm looking at their predictions. They've got some close weeks, so it must have just been always something that had me favoring them in some of those close matchups, or favoring the, the other teams in some of these close matchups, whether that be storyline or personal bias. But um, yeah. they play the winter faces twice too. That's not easy. Um, and I think in both those weeks, for whatever reason, Rob's projected scores lower than usual too so when he's going to need his team to step up the most sleeper doesn't like something about their players matchups uh yeah again this is where just there's so much uncertainty around around what their players look like uh like is dawson knox still going to be the starting tight end if so then he can get several good weeks out of him leonard fournette hasn't signed yet and he very well could i don't think he's completely washed yet if he if there's a big injury and that team signs Leonard Fournette. He could have another starting running back um, just out of nowhere like that. So a lot of things still that we don't know as we sit here on September 3rd that could break the right way for TDA and and, and resituate them in our standings. But we got to take a stand in both of us here in solidarity at <laughs> yeah. nine. 
Moving on to eight. All right. In eighth place this season, I have the runners-up from last year, the Marley Magic, with a record of five and nine. So you're calling them out as frauds. You said last year's a fake, huh? <laughs> I think they're out of magic. There's nothing left in the tank. <laughs> um, they're too caught up in new jerseys and, and new promotions. <laughs> you know, they haven't been focusing enough on on what really matters, grit. Okay. Uh, they're pretty boys out there, huh? There's no <laughs> substance to them. Uh, I mean, they admitted as much when they were making their draft picks this year. They said they were comparing physical appearance between some players and making their decision. Do you remember that? I do. Yep, I remember that. They said that was the deciding factor in a few of their picks. So, um, Yeah, I'm trying to look through their games to see if there's any kind of trend or real reason why. I think it was just another thing where the matchups just ended up that way. Uh, I might have been a little surprised myself with where they ended up on the standings. Um, they do have one of the easier schedules. They faced yeah. the Matriarchs twice, uh, Popular Ballers twice. Like the strength of schedule was low, I remember for them. But yeah, I, I believe just... I believe they had the most favorable strength of schedule, didn't they? Or am I crazy? It was, it was them or the God Kings. Let me. I have it up here one second. Oh. Yeah, uh, God Kings had the easiest, followed by the Magic, but it's okay. pretty close. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, you even though in that roll of the dice, you had them beating TDA and you still have them here in eighth. Uh, what record do you project the Magic to have? Uh, five and nine. Okay, so it's still uh, a decent bit down the pecking order, I would assume, from what it would take to make the playoffs in the sixth seed, um, despite being two spots away. Uh, I have in the eighth position the God Kings a playoff staple and a uh, team I think would be shocking to be this low here at the eighth position. Uh, you mentioned the the easy schedule that may uh, prove me a fool if they can capitalize <laughs> on their, their weak opponents. But uh, yeah, again, a very talented team. They're in the playoff hunt. Um, their score, to clarify, was just barely above TDA. Um, fractional, fractional, um, separate the fraction separates those two teams so um i i, I you know i uh, yeah i don't know i want to i'm trying to soften this i don't want to be the bad guy but i have to say i i think it's going to be tough for the god kings to make the playoffs i do think that they're uh, going to be on the outside looking and so we'll see maybe the the kellen moore going to the chargers and calling plays will take austin eckler and keenan allen to new heights uh, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo will be able to sustain Devontae Adams' success that he had seemingly no matter who the quarterback last, was last year. And uh, with the uncertainty around the running back situation in, in, in Indianapolis, maybe Deion Jackson takes control and never lets go throughout the 17 games and they have a, a star player like um, Jackson proved to be when, when Jonathan Taylor was out last year, putting up a score as high as 28.1. So there there are ways for them to, to succeed, but... Um, I think that this year is the year that the roster is just one year too old. I think that um, the talent is there, but I think they might have missed their window in the past few years. And not to say that they fully missed it. They were very competitive, um, a fixture of the playoffs, but not sure if, if this generation of God Kings players is going to be able to capture the uh, the Silver Dietrich. Do you expect uh, Rodgers to decline this year? I have... No idea what to do with the Jets offense. Um, he, I think Aaron Rodgers was bad last year. And I think Nathaniel Hackett is a big, big dummy, the Broncos head coach last year. And now he's calling plays for the, the Jets. So the marriage of those two concerns me, even though they spent plenty of time together in Green Bay. Better not I don't Rogers know. Hear you say that. He doesn't like it when people talk about Hackett. <laughs> he doesn't. You're right. He's very protective of him. That guy's a loser. Nathaniel Hackett is. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is too. But I've never, never seen a bigger goober than Nathaniel Hackett. He does seem like a goober on our. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take it to seven though. This is our first, our first moment of dissent here at ranking eight. But uh, maybe we'll see that there's not actually much disagreement between us. Do you have the God Kings at seven? I do not. Oh, okay. No, this year at seventh. I have with a record of six and eight, the Rocky Mountain Mooses. Okay. Six and eight. That's uh that's close to making the playoffs, I would imagine. We'll see where the sixth seed comes in for you. But this is the last 
position outside of the playoffs. Uh, what led to that projection for the Rocky Mountain Mooses? I'll say this. They're very, very close. Uh, I have in the sixth place uh, a team that I also have at six and eight, so I decided that that would be by points four. Um, so just missed it. Um, I think this is a team that is definitely on the rise. They're kind of part of the trio of the Pit Kings, Ballers, Mooses of teams that have been perpetually bad that I think are improving. Um, but it just came down to some key games um, where I had to go the other way. So I don't know if it's just superstar potential missing or something, but it seems like they're missing that last little punch in a lot of matchups. Yeah. To catch them up uh, to some of the other teams. I am very excited to watch, uh, to watch Gibbs play though. The more I've seen about him and just as a lines kind of mini line fan, I do wish them a lot of luck. Yeah, that'll be fun. We get to watch him the very first game of the year. So I uh, agree with you on that. Um, I I very much agree with your analysis. That seems like they're just missing that that punch to take them over the top. Um, a lot of great pieces, but no one's really broke out as the the difference maker yet. And that could be the case with, with all the young talent that they have that somebody does this year. But um, yeah, we'll see more about them later. Uh, I, at the seven spot, have the Marley Magic. So um, not too dissimilar from your ranking. I, again, have just a fractional difference between my six and seven. So the difference between the Magic and God Kings is not significant at all. Um, I echo many of your thoughts. I, I think that um, they're, they're a perfectly good team. Um, but... I, I do feel like in the I think the underlying metrics like the points max points for last year supported the idea that they did get it a little lucky. Uh, they had some insane weeks from Cam Akers, from Tyler Higby, just from very unexpected places last year. And I'm not sure that those players are going to be able to replicate that. Um, we'll see if Christian Watson is able to to more consistently put up those high scoring weeks. Um, but he was also a huge factor in their Cinderella run down the stretch. But uh yeah, I just I'm not sure that they've uh they've got the juice this year. Sorry to say to the magic fans. Yeah, I kind of uh although I don't have them ranked side by side, I see the magic and God Kings as, as kind of similar uh teams. Seem to well, I don't know, are the magic aging yeah. as a whole as a roster? Maybe I just see them some more power levels and teams that have kind of consistently made playoffs, but yeah, it does feel like they're always very uh equal talent wise or record wise aside from the one rough year that the magic had um in year one and three both teams are very similar um the magic are i would say like pretty average age they have some aging pieces like nick chubb um and like their quarterback room um but they've also added some youth to their quarterback room recently with pick uh, pickups like um brock purdy and, and will levis and have some school position players that are right in the heart of their prime. So I think that, yeah, they, they don't have quite the tantalizing future necessarily that, uh, you know, the super young teams do, like we had just talked about the Mooses, but they still are steadily in their co competing years. They've got, um, it feels like they're balanced roster. That's what I'm trying to say. Like they have players that are aging on one hand, but they also have young players that are rising up to replace them. So I think, the magic are going to be pretty steady for the foreseeable future. Um, well, that means we're at position number six, which starts to paint the playoff picture. Jake, I'm very curious because so far the records that you've projected have been um, like those three and 11s. I feel like there've got to be some high projection win totals ahead. And so this could get really interesting as we approach the playoffs. But number six, who do you have? All right, clawing into their first ever playoff appearance with a record of six and eight. Getting in by just points four over the Rocky Mountain Mooses, I have America's team, the Pit Kings. <laughs> Young Pit Kings finally get it done with the, even after going against the second toughest schedule this season, facing both the Brews and the Gotham Knights twice in regular season play. They managed to come through where it counts the most in the juicy middle of the season. Um, and make the playoffs for the first time. It's really, I'm really happy to hear you say that. I have the Pit Kings finishing sixth in my projections as well. But as I was, um, 
as I was doing running my numbers, I felt uneasy. I was like, do I need to add strength of schedule? Do I need to add strength of schedule into my rankings? Because I didn't really consider that. And so the fact that you looked game by game and you considered strength of schedule and still had them making the playoffs, really, I feel vindicated in uh, me having them in the playoffs as well. Um, wow. What a what an achievement this would be for the pickings. I kind of want to take a moment to celebrate just the hypothetical <laughs> achievement, even uh, be a lot of fun <laughs> if we could all be cheering them on in December. But yeah, was there any, uh, I mean, did you have to, did you have to roll some dice? Did you fudge some numbers or do you feel like this is <laughs> a legitimate playoff team? I think they got a legitimate shot. I mean, I have them in the sixth seed only by points four. So I think it's going to be close. Um, when I set out to start this, I didn't dream there was going to be a chance where I could realistically put both the ballers and the pit Kings in the playoffs, however much I <laughs> hope it might happen, but I didn't really have to fudge much based on my predictions. Uh, I have a splitting our matchups. Uh, pit Kings take it in week one when they're home, and then we return the favor in week 10. Um, I actually have them losing to the Matriarchs in week eight in the in the middle of the, the season as well, but they do okay. well um, against kind of the old guard, which is the God Kings and in, in the Magic. I think I have Pit Kings winning three of the four games against yeah. those two, which would be key matchups. The Ballers and the Pit Kings both play the Magic and uh the god kings twice and how we do against that is going to be like our chance to rise up i think uh we've been talking about the uprising but now we're really gonna have to do it against these teams that i think are within our ability to beat yeah that's a that's a really good stat and i think that does lay out a narrative for the season um to see how both of us have the the magic and um God Kings may be trending down a little bit, although we'll see with, with your final rankings. But um, yeah, if there's a trading places there, that seems like in those four matchups, that's where it'll be. So all eyes will be on those. Uh, I mean, the Game of Thrones already is must-watch, as we know every year. But um, the it seems like a lot of things are falling into place for the Pit Kings. Um, the Ravens hired Tom, Todd Monken in the offseason as their offensive coordinator. Um, he was... Offensive coordinator when Jameis threw the 30 touchdown, 30 interception season. He is the offensive coordinator at Georgia uh, last year when they were putting up some impressive numbers with, uh, well, I won't say anything bad about Stetson Bennett, who is a is a popular baller, but uh, <laughs> less than great quarterback. Uh, but I, I think that Lamar could very well finish as QB1 this year overall. Uh, I think he's in for a massive, massive year. Sam Howell has shown well in preseason. And despite losing Trey Lance, they still have some depth with Jimmy Garoppolo um, and and Bryce Young, who's currently on their taxi squad. So they have four starting quarterbacks, even without Trey Lance having a starting position. And then um, the huge, it feels like an addition because he was out for basically the last two years. Calvin Ridley is back and looks, by all reports from, from Jaguars training camp, looks to be his old self. Chris Godwin is another year recovered from his ACL. I think Drake London is an absolute superstar. Gabe Davis should bounce back after dealing with a high ankle sprain for much of last year. Uh, right now, he has DeAndre Swift in his starting lineup. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty around the Eagles running back room, but Bolton has three of the four in competition for that starting position. Or does he have all four? He has Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, and well, those are really the three main ones. Boston Scott's not going to do anything. So all that to say, uh, he should... Like what he really wants is for one of those guys to really run away with the room. Uh, you don't want to have to be bouncing around between those. So hopefully one of them really takes over. And I love Kyron Williams this year. Part of the reason I'm down on the magic is I think Kyron Williams um, really cuts into Cam Akers' uh, uh, rushing load this year and does it in the more valuable touches. I think Kyron Williams is going to be their passing game running back. So um, all that to say, I think that, this team and we didn't even mention tj hawkinson who just got a record-setting contract from the vikings uh, i think this team is really set to uh, have that breakout year that we've all been waiting for from them sorry did you say that this is your sixth place pick as well yes yep okay so we're sorry, back I in line that i missed it okay back yep. in line well and back in line i think it's poetic too that the ballers and pickings are playing each other game one um i'm just i feel like I don't know. This is our season, Colton. We gotta, we gotta do it. So we need to split our game so we each have a good chance. This <laughs> some collusion stated <laughs> very clearly on the radio here. Uh, the week one matchups are incredible. I the script writers, the CGF script writers, did a really, uh, really good job here. We get 
quarter bowl. We get you versus Colton. We get the Marley Magic versus the God Kings, who we've see it, seen as parallels. Um, I feel like TDA and the Matrix are like these classic franchises because of their imagery <laughs> and names. So, yeah, a lot of fun matchups in week one. And a nice color contrast with the Mooses and the winter faces. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. All right, five. I've got an idea where you're going here, but I'm curious to see. <laughs> you got an idea. You got my roadmap <laughs> laid out. Okay. That's right. Uh at five, I have the uh what three time playoff contender. They're gonna make it a fourth year, but I don't know if they're gonna get very far. It's the God Kings with a record of seven and seven. Um God Kings really I think strained together an incredible six game win streak about midway through the season, according to my predictions. It's going to carry them into the playoffs after a rocky start. Um, I think they've got one last shot with this this roster. Maybe another year will they be competitive, but it is aging. Uh, I think they know that. I think it's one of their last rides. I'm up on Aaron Rodgers after hard knocks. I'm excited to watch Jets play. Uh, I think he's going to produce for them and do enough to get them um, into the playoffs as the fifth seed, a seven and seven record. Wow, seven and seven. So still, that's very close to the six and eight teams um, that were competing for the last spot. So that would to me put them very much in the in that fight for the fifth sixth there very uh very interesting that means that we have the exact same bottom five we just flip um i have god king seven you have them five you have mooses seven i have mooses five so uh that's my fifth place team i think that um well i would be shocked if the mooses missed the playoffs um the uh you mentioned and I touched on it feels like they lack that elite player to just carry them home week by week uh, a player like Cooper Cup or um, just in years past we've seen Josh Jacobs or, or Debo Smith or Debo Samuel you know these players who who go on monster tears and um, it doesn't really matter what the other 10 starters are doing but um, I love uh, Jalen Waddle. I love Garrett Wilson. I love Jameer Gibbs, like you're saying. I love Devontae Smith. I think there is the potential for, for these guys to do that. Um, what worries me with Wilson is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you're bullish on him, which means maybe Garrett Wilson becomes that superstar. We'll all see uh, exactly what they're capable of Monday night versus the Bills here in opening weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. But if there's an injury to somebody like A.J. Brown or to Tyree Kill, then I think Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle could be in for absolutely insane years. Um, but yeah, just the solid players all the way up and down the roster. I think they'll be able to sustain a lot of injuries if if they get unlucky that way. We've seen Jay Judy already had a pretty severe hamstring injury, but their starting lineup without him in it still looks very talented. Um, Tyler Murray, if he's able to come back, could add uh, the ceiling that their quarterback room currently lacks. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be very good in a almost certainly a top 10 quarterback, but he, I, I would be shocked if he reaches that very upper realm of quarterbacks like the Jalen Hurts or the Lamar Jacksons who can make a, a significant difference. Um, so, you know, I think he's going to be putting up 20, 25 point weeks, but not 30 point weeks, but he does have some rushing capability. If he sneaks in a, a rushing touchdown here or there, we've seen that, I guess, from Joe Burrow, um, who didn't even run as much as much in college as Trevor Lawrence. So if Lawrence starts running about a bit more, um, gets about four or five rushing touchdowns a year. Maybe he is able to to reach that ceiling. But I uh, I think it's a very talented roster, and I think that we're gonna have to be um, seeing uh, seeing them in the playoffs. Have to be seeing them in the playoffs. It seems very <laughs> very negative. We're gonna have to be dealing with them in the playoffs, having been knocking them out in the playoffs for the foreseeable future, as they still retain some good draft capital as well. Yeah, they're dangerous. If not this year, then yeah, the next yeah. several, like you said, I think they're going to be a big player. Yep. Well, that takes us to the top four. Uh, I don't have my tier break yet. So my only tier break so far is between nine and 10. But I think that uh, the rest of these teams we've gone over have been pretty similar. Very curious. Do you have a tier break here? Or do you? Uh, you I would say no. I, I guess I didn't really say my tier break. I have kind of TD8. Wow. I guess based on my record, I have TDA and Matriarchs kind of in their own tier near the bottom. I would say the next, uh, this is kind of a big tier, but six teams I have all tacked pretty close together. Okay. Um, so that so, means only a top two for you then, really? 
uh, yes. for your like buy teams. Okay, I have a top three, but let's see who your number four is. Okay, I'm blushing a little bit to uh, to do this, <laughs> uh, but I have the winner faces in fourth with a record of eight and six. Um, winner faces, you're losing Tom Brady. You're losing one of your many, many talented quarterbacks. I think you still have plenty to get the job done, reach playoffs easily. Um, trying to remember how it came to this. I was shocked. Yeah, like I said, I'm blushing because of my, obviously this means the ballers I have finishing above the winner faces. Which I <laughs> There's no reason to blush. Going into my exercise, that that was going to be the case. But then, as I went through further on matchups, the ballers like predicted rec- uh, points for is is like the week one's one of the lower ones, I think, if I remember right, because that had me feeling down all off season. Then I looked through, it's like, wow, we must be kind of deeper. We get better matchups later because this goes up. Uh, yeah, we we play each other week two. I I think we have I have us splitting those games. Um, we have very similar strength of schedule. Uh, probably play a bunch of the same teams. I have, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of amazed it turned out this way, but yeah, I have the winter faces eight and six. No reason to blush. We'll we'll see where I rank uh, the winter faces here in a second, but I think that's a very fair ranking. Uh, I uh, I can recap my team here in a second, but I'll go ahead and give you my fourth rated team is the Gotham Knights, uh, and this is where I have a tier break. after them they're part of the middle tier who i think um is kind of competing for a playoff spot i would not be surprised if the the knights are um having to scrap and claw to uh to get in playoff position late in the year um they're very talented don't get that wrong but they're also very old and um i just think that it's very risky to uh to count on all of those players to deliver at the level that they are projected to um, especially because not only are you dealing with an increased chance in injury, but you're also dealing with uh, increased chance in younger players coming in to to kind of like usurp them or some roster uncertainty around them. Um, so with the younger players, I look at like Mike Williams, who has Quentin Johnston coming in, Tyler Lockett, who has JSN coming in, Deontay Johnson, who has George Pickens. Um, Joe Mixon is irrelevant to me. You can find players as good as him on the waiver wire. Um, I Dalvin Cook, same way. Uh, like a, a cuttable player. Um, I think that a lot of these, they have big names that um, people get scared of, but I think that the 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 performance of those players on the field this year is very uncertain. Um, and maybe I should, maybe I should rank them higher because those players are going to start the year out very strong. There's um, it's, it's clear from chargers camp that Quentin Johnston is currently running as the fourth wide receiver comfortably behind Josh Palmer. So that would mean Mike Williams certainly faces no immediate threat from him. And so maybe in the first weeks of the opening season, we see the same old Mike Williams or an even better Mike Williams with the Kellen Moore offense, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, But at the same time, I think in the second half of the season, in the playoffs in particular, if the Gotham Knights make it, um, these types of players are going to be taking a back seat to them. Uh, Obviously, the addition of DJ Moore really shores up the Gotham Knights and probably uh, I can't remember exactly when I formulated these rankings, um, it was after the DJ Moore trade, but that that probably should make them a very very comfortable and secure playoff team. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, we haven't even mentioned yet, and is an absolute superstar. But again, at 35, 33, I'm aging it by a couple of years. But at thirty three, is he capable of having a season like he did last year? Um, or are those young Chiefs wide receivers like Sky Moore and Rashi Rice and Justin Ross able to cut into Kelsey's workload? Granted, the Gotham Knights do have Justin Ross, so if Justin Ross does uh, do something special, then he's good. But um, the Jonathan Taylor uncertainty is what really sealed this deal for me. If Jonathan Taylor were completely healthy, going to start all 17 games, then they're comfortably, I would rank them three, um, and I'd say they're very comfortable in the playoffs. But I don't know uh, what's going to happen to Jonathan Taylor. He's on the pup, so he's automatically out for the first four games. But um, just very, very uncertain. So. Who knows what's going to happen there? But yeah, it's my fourth rated team. All right. Uh, now is when my tier break is for the top three. I find them um, better than the rest. But you've got your third rated team up first. Who is it? Yes, my third rated team. Um, and this is the last team in this tier of like six, which I think is like a very close middle six to me. But I have the popular ballers with a record of nine and five. 
like I said, I was hoping to make playoffs when I started this exercise. Um, it's probably a lot of bias showing through, but I ended up in third place, you know, out, outranking the winner faces, which, you know, stuff of dreams for this to happen. <laughs> uh, and for my prediction to come true, we're going to have to beat four teams we've never beaten before. Uh, some of them twice uh, for this to, to really come true. So I don't know. I might be getting caught up in some preseason delusion. Um, I think I feel like Aaron always in preseason thought the ballers were better than they were really going to be. And not just fantasy sports, just kind of how Aaron always was with sports in general <laughs> um, about his teams or, or teams he was a part of. But um, <laughs> so I think maybe I'm falling in the same trap, but I have the ballers make it playoffs for the first time in team history. Uh, and not only doing that, but ending up in the top, you know, the top three in the sands, just one, one spot out of a bye, bye week. And I think a lot of it has to do with a pretty favorable schedule matchups. Um, winter faces, we play twice. We get to avoid playing Gotham and, and the Brews um, more than that's once big. this season, which I think is yeah. big. Uh, and that's one of the big upsets I have predicted is when we do play Gotham in week eight, I think we, we come out on top. I think that might have been the highest projected score for the ballers full season. And that, while it did have him projected a little higher, that was one where I just let emotion take over and uh, <laughs> I think we pulled out. So a lot will be dependent on yeah those matchups with the Magic, Mooses, Pit Kings, Winter Faces. I have us taking both games against uh, both the God Kings and the Magic, so that'll be key. Um, which similar to the Winter Face, or I'm sorry, the Pit Kings, I think had a similar similar thing happening. So uh, really, the a lot of my Accuracy of my predictor this year is going to be if I'm right about the Pit Kings and Ballers kind of swapping places with those two teams on the power yeah. scale. And I think while we may differentiate on the exact rankings, I think you and I have that same um, arc to our rankings. Both of us have the Pit Kings and Ballers trending up and uh, the Magic and God Kings trending down. So that'll be interesting to see um, if we are proven right, even if not exactly right. Well, the third spot seems to be a good spot a good spot to be a homer this is where i have the winner faces um i like you say it's hard not to let emotion play a part of it uh i i look at my roster and obviously feel very confident in the players that i have and so i tend to um expect probably like their ceiling outcomes from them i think that this might be a bit high um but i'm in charge so i'm gonna rank them third uh i the other thing is like i think like I'm informed by my mentality going into the year, which uh, a person ranking the teams wouldn't. And so I recently made a trade to get rid of DJ Moore for a couple of second round picks, um, which signals like building for the future. And it might well be that way. But um, I liked that trade because it gave me some uh, some more liquid assets to make trades in season if I need to. And so, you know, I'm going to feel out the first five, six, seven, eight games of the year. And if I want to make a trade for a, a team that's trying to tank uh, with a team that's trying to tank for some more win now players that gives me flexibility to do that. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, you're saying this, this, these rankings are without trades. And so maybe I shouldn't um, factor that in because other people might have similar mentalities, but um, we should be judging the rosters anyway, whatever. I'm, I'm a homer. I have the winner faces third, <laughs> but like I said, comfortably above the, uh, the Gotham Knights. So we'll see. I, I expect Christian McCaffrey should have one very, very good year left. And if he's able to do that, I think with the floor that my quarterbacks give me every week, um, I should be competitive throughout the season and hopefully competitive enough to secure a playoff position. Um, the other thing is that tight end has been a weakness for the winter faces ever since we traded away Mark Andrews af after our first year. And I think that I have not anyone who could rival Mark Andrews or the very Wait, top tight ends, of course. Yeah, I drafted I Mark Andrews. Yeah, I traded after the very first year. Mark Andrews had a down year. Or not a down year, but like just an okay year. He hadn't broken out yet. And so I traded him for Austin Eckler. And um, and that's the year that Mark Andrews broke out was his first year of the pickings. Um, but all, I do think that... Um, between Sam Laporta and Luke Musgraves, both but Luke Musgraves, sorry, both of whom have had very, very glowing reports from their respective training camps. I think that one of them could, by the time the playoffs are starting, 
uh, you know, do something maybe like Greg Dulcich was doing last year, possibly even better, because I think these guys will be playing more snaps than Dulcich will, um, and have uh, a, a, a run in the last few weeks that's able to propel me toward the top of the standings. So that's my that's my outline. Obviously, looking through rose-colored glasses of who I believe to be the third place winner faces. The top two spots remain, which means these would be the team's earning bye weeks, and both of us have failed to say one name in particular. Who do you have at the second seed? So in the second seed, with a record of 11-3, and three, I have the Gotham Knights. Um, similar to you, I, I do think that this is a, a team whose, whose window is closing, but I think this is the last... I think they it's still open for this year, and they have gone all in. I mean, um, they've obviously not been afraid to trade away assets for things they need right now. You know, picking up Justin Herbert, uh, Travis Kelsey over the last few years. Um, they just picked up more from you. And was it Gallup or is that who he yeah. came back? I can't remember. I don't yep. even know if Gallup's that good, but I know more <laughs> was probably the bigger name on the trade. Uh, I confirm they've offered me things that are showing that they want to win now and they're going for this season, um, which may still be negotiated. We'll see. Uh, but I think our villains have uh, uh, one great opportunity left and i think it's this year uh before he needs to seriously start to move some stuff and and start to sell some things off where he's going to be uh, eventually unable to play for like five years if he doesn't start <laughs> acquiring picks soon but i think this year they're still deadly i think hunter can still get it done so i have them in the second place with the bye week in round one with record of 11 and three yeah 11 and three puts them at the very top, uh, based on doing some number crunching on the fly, it seemed like these top two teams would be comfortably ahead of the pack. That would give them a two-game lead in your projections over the ballers, the three-seed. Uh, at the two-seed, I have the Bruce Matthews. Uh, I think that <laughs> the Bruce had a ceiling outcome of sorts last year in the regular season. I think they're an insanely talented team um, who could replicate that success. But I do think that that's about as good as the Bruce could be. Um, Jalen Hurts was sensational. Justin Jefferson is going to continue to be sensational. And Hurts will too. Um, I'm just, I mean, everyone talks about how the Eagles had kind of given up by the second half because they were beating teams by so bad. So maybe I'm completely wrong and Jalen Hurts will very easily be the uh, the highest scoring per game quarterback again. I even well okay I'll say this even assuming Jalen Hurts is QB one and Justin Jefferson is wide receiver one I I don't think that the um, the supporting pieces are enough to continue that kind of success maybe I'm completely wrong on this because again Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Jefferson are so insanely good and Mark Andrews could be even better than he was last year could be much better than he was last year um, but in particular, what I'm getting at here is I think their running running back room is is um, very, very weak. Aaron Jones and James Conner are both getting very up there in age. And then you go to their bench, and they have um, Evan Hole, Donta Foreman, and Chase Edmonds. And that is their entire running back room. Uh, Alvin Kamara is on suspension, so I neglected him. I apologize. But even still, um, they're relying on the health of Aaron Jones, James Conner, and Alvin Kamara and they're not only relying on the health of those three, but also for those three to, to sustain numbers like they have in the past. And I think that one, if not two, if not all three of them are likely going to um, take a pretty significant step back. We've seen efficiency numbers uh, trend down. The Cardinals offense is putrid altogether. Um, so yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying I think that the running back room currently hampers this otherwise insanely talented team who could have the quarterback one, tight end one, and wide receiver one on the year. But still, obviously, very, that was, sorry, this all sounds very <laughs> negative. But I'm trying to paint, like, how do they finish anything other than the first seed? How do they finish the second seed? And so, sorry, William, I think your team is insanely talented. I love Traylon Burks. I love uh, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. Geno Smith is going to have a huge year. Uh, Zay Flowers is going to start very, very hot to this year before Rashad Bateman becomes wide receiver number one on the, on the Ravens. Um, they, they have Nico Collins, they have Jacoby Myers, they have uh, Taysom Hill, who's going to put up some good weeks. Michael Wilson's looking like a a, um, a shining star in Cardinals camp. Rashi Rice could be wide receiver one for the Chiefs by the end of the year. This team is loaded. This team is going to get a bye. They're going to be something like 11-3. and three. But 
that was my downside for why they won't finish as the number one overall seed. I'm excited to see what uh, Jordan Love does this year. Yeah, I I have a lot of faith in the Packers offense. Maybe too much. I agree. Because I was looking like uh, half of his bench is quarterbacks. And I always <laughs> feel like point out and make fun of him, but he always says that like most of them aren't starters, you know, like because I used to say he was hoarding them, but he is right that most of them. If you look, he has five quarterbacks on his bench with only one projected to get any points uh, in week <laughs> one. So, uh, so really only has three starters. Yeah. But some of those like premier backup options with uh, Jameis Winston in particular, who is should be a starting quarterback somewhere. Um, and then Minshew backing up a rookie quarterback. What if they waffle on Richardson? Seems unlikely, but uh, I know William is particularly bearish on Anthony Richardson and thinks that the Colts are really going to struggle. So that's why he likes Minshew. And then uh, Zach Wilson, only 24 years old, after Rodgers is gone, is he able to? To learn a thing or two and step back into that starting role. So the type of pieces that are valuable and um, could be thrown in as starters in a pinch if they're if the the guy in front of them gets hurt. But yeah, sorry for sounding so pessimistic again. I was just trying to to uh, paint a picture where the Brews do anything other than dominate the league behind Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and Mark Andrews. Just a terrifying pair of players, uh, pair set of players who are. There's no way that the Brews can miss the playoffs. I, I'll say that, and I don't. I'd be shocked if they if they finish as something other than one of the teams with a bye. And by process of elimination, of course, you can figure out that my number one seed was the Brews with a record of twelve and two. Uh, for rec- a lot of reasons, like you said, um, I think this team. I mean, they were dominant all last season, regular season. Point where I was jinxing them with my Majora's Mask graphic, calling uh, them the Moon crashing down, which I know. Spicer did not like, and he's probably not going to like to have them finishing first overall again this year. Um, they have one of the weaker schedules. Uh, they play Gotham twice, but otherwise it's all generally lower-ranked teams they've got in the first five games. Um, yeah, I, I think they are going to with the, the disappointing end to last season, they're going to be fired up, come out of the gate hot, and they're going to stay near the top of the standings most of the way. Um, I don't think, like you said, playoffs are even a hint of a doubt that they make that. Uh, I think they're pretty easily going to be in one of the one, two seeds, you know, pretty much exactly what you said. Yep. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see much of a dip in performance from the Brews, who were already great last year. Yeah. Uh, well, now you've got my number one team. <laughs> my, my number one team. And I'm realizing as I've, as I've considered and explained my rankings, um, that what I valued most was who i think is going to be winning at these at the end of the year um having the knights fourth having the bruce second and i think your rankings of having them one and two is is maybe the what i would do if i were just projecting regular season um but i'm projecting the whole year and so uh while like you said week one may not be pretty or it could be who knows maybe they'll start at the gate hot i think that the popular ballers will end the year as the uh, CGF champions. Deshaun Watson might just be terrible now that he is um, back to playing football again. But even so, the uh, the very top end talent is the only team that can really rival the Bruce Matthews. Um, that four that I mentioned that, that the Bruce have for the Ballers, um, they have Bijan Robinson, Cooper Cup, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Brees Hall. And I think those four are going to to take this team to unprecedented heights for the franchise and lead them to CGF glory. Um, it's a lot of projection. Cup is currently dealing with a hamstring injury that seems to um, it seems like it'll keep him out for a few games at the start of the year. We've talked about how so many of these running backs are dealing with injuries, are coming back for them. J.K. Dobbins is two years removed now from his injury, but it, it hampered him off last year. Javante Williams had a very gruesome like, uh, knee injury Last year, Brees Hall had an ACL tear last year. Uh, Gus Edwards, who is not anywhere near the caliber of player, but still um, a valuable player nonetheless, is similarly recovering recovering from a knee surgery. So um, there's a lot of projection that these players will be able to get healthy, stay healthy, and be back to their old selves by the end of the year. But if they are, um, this team is, is a terror 
um, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin um, should be the one and two options for the commander's offense, which has looked promising under Howe. And again, McLaurin dealing with an injury that might keep him out at the start of the year, but but your team won't suffer as much with that because I think Jahan Dotson, well, while McLaurin is out, will be um, an exceptional player. I hinted earlier that I was a bit down on Deontay Johnson because I think George Pickens might be a sensational player. Michael Pittman is going to be steady and consistent despite having a rookie quarterback. Uh, I think every player in their starting lineup is above average at their position and then they still have plenty of depth. Khalil Herbert looks like he's going to be awesome in the Bears offense. They've given him command of that running back room. Another reason I'm down on Dante Foreman, who I like as a player, is because uh, the Bears marketing team has telegraphed that Deontay Foreman is not going to play a significant role in their running back room, uh, at least barring injury. So I think that it's going to be Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert dominating touches for a very efficient rushing offense. And both of those players are on the popular ballers. Um, they've got unexciting but valuable depth pieces at wide receiver like Zay Jones, Alan Lazar, Darius Slayton, McCole Hardman, uh, and DJ Chark, who all can fill in, KJ Osborne as well, who, who can all fill in um, as as they deal with injuries in the early season and get healthy, although Chark himself is his injury. But anyway, um, and then Jalen Hyatt, I'm really high on, not just because I'm a UT fan, but I think that um, I think that he plays in for one of the best offensive minded coaches in football. And that coach who spent a decently high draft pick on him will be sure to play to his strengths and get him, um, get him touches early in the season. Um, he had a slow start to camp. He was practicing with the third team, third string, um, but has very quickly moved up the depth chart and was being guarded by sauce Gardner as shown on um, hard knocks this past week's episode. Uh, so is clearly a player that is ascending. Um, Quentin Johnston has struggled in camp, but has all of the raw talent and size to be sensational. And so all this to say, by the end of the year, I think this team is going to be clicking on all cylinders and soaring and dominating teams. Um, and so they are my 2023 CGF champion. Oh, the champion, even I forgot you didn't do the playoff bracket. So that is your, your champion pick. That is exciting. You're setting me up for a lot of pain. Um, but I appreciate it. Um, a lot of it, I think is going to be come down to, I mean, I have a million running backs. How many of them can stay healthy and how accurately can I pick the right ones each given week? I mean, I'm going to start, a, I it's pretty much going to be most of my flex spots going to be running backs too. I think yeah. this is kind of how my team is built, but, um, like you said, a lot of them are coming back from injury. I think, uh, Kyle Pitts has to be the person Aaron dreamed that he was going to be when he drafted him this year. He at least takes steps in that direction because he's kind of been continuously disappointing so far in his career uh at least for the one two overall um i think deshaun herbert watson has to uh return to his old form from before his his suspension his time away but uh we'll see i think it's i think there's reason for baller fans to finally be excited at least about playoffs if, if nothing else so yeah and the chance you bring up a good point i i i might be Again, looking with rose-colored glasses, but I do think this is comfortably a playoff team. Um, they have depth like they've never had before, to where even if they do, do deal with some injuries or Deshaun Watson not being um, the player he was four years ago, they'll still be sensational. But um, you are right that I'm I'm giving a lot of trust in Kyle Pitts to finally take that step that he has failed to do. Uh, really, last year was the more disappointing year, but um, I think he's going to be. The, him, Bijan, and Brees Hall going to be the, the tide changers for the ballers. Gosh, I'm excited to watch Bijan play. <laughs> excited to watch Falcons. See what they That's can right. do. All right. Oh, well, uh, do you want, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Do you want to go through well, your playoffs? Right. Yep, that's what I was about to say. I guess I can go through with my playoff bracket. Um, so just to recap, in uh, first we have the Brews, second the Gotham Knights, third ballers, four winter faces, five God King sits pit kings which means that the season ends where it all began for the ballers and pit kings as they will play each other as the three and six seeds uh in the first round heartbreaking that one of our journeys has to stop here after we climbed this ladder together side by side um i think the pit kings after battling through this very tough schedule to make it here they're going to have momentum they're going to be fired up um 
I think they're going to beat the Ballers in a, a heartbreaking close game uh, that ends with me and Colton shaking hands in tears uh, on the field post game, and then I will die in his arms with a, with a smile on my face, knowing that I finally made it to postseason. But that is who I have advancing out of round one. Pit Kings, the six seed, upset the three seed, popular ballers. Oh, yeah, All you right. don't have one. So don't, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, you can keep going. I, I, I'm kind of shocked by that. Like I said, I think the the three teams I feel very confident are making the playoffs are the, the ballers, the Brews, and the winner faces. And so I'm, I'd be surprised to see them bow out so early. You got to pick like some upset. upsets. You do. And I, I think also maybe a knee jerk reaction to seeing how high I rank myself. <laughs> I got to tone it down a little bit here. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, on the other side of the bracket, we have the most popular matchup in the league. The four seed winner faces playing the fifth seed God Kings. Uh, happens almost every year. It's classic. Um, but as I've said and kind of hinted at, I think the God Kings are on their way down. I think the winner faces take them out uh, in this first round in advance to round two. Uh, and what will probably be a close game but the fourth seed beats the fifth seed God Kings when your face is advanced. I'd love to play them in the playoffs. We we only play once during the regular season. It's heartbreaking. So I'd love to get a second matchup mm. with them in the playoffs. You got to get at least two a year. Yeah. Or it's not a CGF season. Yeah, that's right. All right. In round two, we have the classic battle of good and evil. The winter faces and Gotham Knights, the four seed and two seed meet in round two. Usually the winner faces the team that takes the Gotham out, but this is Gotham's year. They defeat the winner faces in another close game and advance to the championship. Ending the winner faces season. I love it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm surprised though, given the, uh, the uh, churn that we've seen throughout the standings in the regular season to have a, an established semifinal like that. It'll be curious to see, do we get more chalk on the other side or are the pickings able to continue their Cinderella run? No. In oh. the other semifinal game, the Bruce Matthews lay the pickings to rest. They did great to make it that far, but they never really stood a chance against the stacked Bruce team. Uh, they advanced easily to the championship. So we have a classic boring one versus two seed <laughs> championship here with or, the Bruce hosting the great match of week one. Too. Rematch, Either. yeah, quarter bowl championship rematch of week one. Um, but I think this year Gotham gets it done, is my oh. prediction. And they're one of their last chances to do so. Darkness falls across the land as Hunter's <laughs> Gotham Knights take to the skies and take the championship. They win their first silver Dietrich. Brewers make it heartbreakingly close again to the championship, but fall in a very close game. Yeah, that matchup would be heartbreaking either way. Both those teams have constantly been at the top and um, have made championships but been unable to secure the championship. And so what heartbreak that would be for either losing side if that's to come to pass. Well, what a, what a rundown. Uh, I love the, the picture you paint with those playoff matchups and uh, it would be thrilling to watch those two heavyweights battle it out or the silver silver Dietrich. As a recap of my uh, standings, I had Matrix 10, TDA 9, uh, God Kings 8, Marley Magic 7, Pit Kings 6, Mooses 5, Gotham Knights 4, uh, Winter Faces 3, Bruce Matthews 2, and Popular Ballers 1, and my CGF champions. Uh, Jake, fun recapping with you. Uh, really excited to see if the uh, arc we're projecting of the pit kings and popular ballers rising up uh, to take over some of these established teams comes to fruition. We are less than a week away. I forgot how much fun Labor Day is when you get this little taste of football with the college games going on. And you know that by the time you go back to work on Tuesday, you are only two days away from watching the Chiefs and the Lions and seeing those um, high scoring fun teams go at each other. Man, college games are inconsistent, though. I feel like it's either right. an enormous blowout or it's just like a crazy shootout that goes up like 45-42 or whatever. Like this TCU in Colorado. Yeah, that uh, game was crazy. Yesterday. And then every other game, it's just like 50-3 to three or something. So it's you never know what you're – I guess you know what you're going to get if you know college football. Uh, even so. Stack in yeah. their schedule early on to play those crappy teams. Yeah, exactly. It's frustrating, but um, 
we, we're recording this here on Sunday, and there will be hopefully a good game tonight between LSU and Florida State, two top 10 rate, rated teams. But nothing that can rival the excitement and competition that we see on the fields every week of our beloved CGF. Counting down the days, and the count keeps getting smaller. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you all all season long, recapping this season as it goes. We can see who ends up the CGF champion. Uh, sound off in the comments. Let us know how stupid we are <laughs> and how, how much you love your team and how your team's going to be better than we say. Uh, again, it's hard. We hope to have the graphics up too. They'll be um, commented on the thread when I post this in, in Discord with the spoiler uh, hiding it. I did see on mobile the spoiler kind of reveals colors. Um, so I guess be careful even looking at the outline if you're on mobile because you'll probably be able to see based on the graphic who we each have as the champion if you don't want to know before you watch or if you want to look at it while you follow along whichever works um but yeah, yeah. they'll be posted here shortly probably, probably try and get this up we haven't discussed this yet why but i'm going to try and get up right away to give us more breathing room if we are going to do a week one preview later this week still all right yeah sounds good we're undecided on that we hope to have a preview out for you but it'll be a cgf mini thank you for sticking with us through this runtime if you've been here this long again i love all of your teams uh i think the top nine teams all are going to be very competitive i can tell myself a story for each of them about how they make a deep run into the playoffs uh i just have to have to be the bad guy and, and take a stand and i know jake feels the same but uh, we love you all and are really excited for this season see you